Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. And I'm going to tell you this we ain't done yet. Howdy, and welcome back to the Ineligibles Podcast. I'm Will, he's Chase. Uh, we apologize for our one-day delay, but uh, we got Chase here with us tonight. He's playing hurt. Uh, Chase, how you feeling? I'm feeling better. I got a steroid shot today. Um, for those who, who don't know, um, I was sick. Those who were waiting on our episode to drop yesterday, which is technically today when we're recording, um, I apologize. Monday, I... I couldn't even talk so much as to like call my secretary and tell her what was going on. Like it was bad. I had no voice whatsoever. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. Um, y'all might've noticed on the pod, (laughs) right. (laughs) You may have noticed here and there on some episodes that my voice cracks a lot. Um, that's just strictly because I have a really, my voice doesn't like to cooperate with me. And, um, if I'm ever around cedar trees, it's the worst. And it seems like every weekend here lately, we've been going down to see y'all and we're always around cedar trees, <laughs> whether we're, we're in Austin or Lampasas this weekend, Spring Ho is a blast. We attribute all of that to, or I attribute all of that to Reese Van. Thanks for coming out, Reese. Um, <laughs> Sheridan did a great job too. So I'm going to give shouts to her too. I doubt she'll listen, but just in yeah. case. Um, yeah, Spring Hill was fun, though, but um, uh, you definitely shouldn't fun. feel bad. I, I think I recorded four episodes uh, back when I was sick, and uh, I sounded like crap, but um, doing much better now. Uh, we're definitely wishing you a quick recovery. Thank you, thank you. I got a steroid shot today, so we're, we'll be good. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back on top soon. Um, That's right. Ma- well, minor yeah. setback for a major comeback. That's yeah. what that is. All glory to God. <laughs> Uh, so it's here on the ineligibles. We're we're starting to really get cranked up with content. Uh, football season is uh, approaching faster and faster, uh, but it's talking season right now. I believe SEC Media Days is in two weeks, one week doesn't matter. It's soon. Um, but we're here to do some talking, and we're going to talk about the SEC West today. Um, right off the bat, before we even look into how Vegas has these teams ranked. Uh, Chase, give us one team that you think will be better this year than they were last year, and one team you think takes a step back. Um, one team that I, I think will be better this year than last year, I'm going to go Arkansas. Uh, that being said, I'm not poo-pooing on Arkansas because last year they were really salty, but their record did not show it. Um, yeah. They're in the hardest hardest conference and the hardest division in college football. And it showed on their, you know, bottom line whenever you were looking at them on paper. But if you watch their games, they are tough. And it reminded me of Arkansas, the way they played whenever we first joined the SEC. Um, they were always a really tough opponent for anybody that played them. They got you real banged up. 
they're back to their their true form, I think, and I think they've got a chip on their shoulder coming off of last year. It's easy to pick the lowest one in the division to say they're, they're going to be the one to come up. That's not why I'm saying it. I'm saying it because I think they will be a really, really tough opponent this year for anybody who plays them. Uh, so I really expect Arkansas. Who's who's your number one that you think is going to improve the most? You know, a few weeks ago when we were trying to plan this episode, uh, I was ready to come on here and say that <clears throat> LSU was going to make a, a pretty significant step forward from last year. And and I'm, it's still like, – like they're still my pick to, mm-hmm. to, to be the most improved, or at least one that I think will improve quite a bit, um, just because they were uh, – pretty bad last year um just uh i know they went they ended up going five and five but uh a lot of those or like a few of those games at the end especially the florida game they were extremely lucky to win so um even the five and five that they wore is a bit it's, it's even overstating what they did you know uh, just a little bit so um but mm. they they lost a ton to the draft and uh opt-outs and stuff like that uh, lost a quarterback, was rotating, you know, two true freshmen, uh, had some uh, god-awful hires uh, at both coordinator spots. Uh, both those guys have moved on or have, you know, been relieved of their duties. Um, but I think there's just too much talent on that team to be that bad again. And I actually think their their quarterback's going to be okay. He's going to be a, a solid player in, in uh, Max Johnson, who I think will start. He may not, but um, – there's just too much talent there for them to, to have another, you know, I guess it wasn't a losing season last year, but I, I just think they'll be better than they were for sure. Um, who's your one to take a step back? My one to, to take a step back, I think is going to be Auburn. Um, I just kind of see them as kind of, I don't know. They, they, you know how Auburn has always been They're They're very, lukewarm some years some years are like come out and shock you um mm-hmm. i just i think this might be the year that that they just maybe not implode but they just don't do as well as maybe they should based on the talent that they have on that team um i'm looking at them they've got a 56 percent blue chip ratio reminds me of maybe a, a sumlin team that might have been 52 54 uh but just couldn't crest that hill um, and we'll get into that a little bit more to where, or whenever we do all of the teams, um, I'll, I'll explain what I mean a little bit more then. But um, I, I just see them as see them as taking a step back. Um, some of their hype is not there like it used to be. Um, whereas you have some of these other teams that are starting to get hyped. I think Arkansas is starting to get hyped. Uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, even though they didn't do all that well are still riding that that new new coach wave. Um, and so I think you see a little bit of that hype continue, mainly in their recruiting. And, and NIL have a big big play in it. We haven't really talked too terribly much about that. Um, but, but I think um, – I don't know. I think Auburn will – they're going to be hurt by it. And, and I just think – I just don't expect them to have a great year this year. But – well, about yourself? Uh, to add on to that, my team to take a step back is also Auburn. There you go. <clears throat> we see eye to eye. <laughs> we do. We do. Um, yeah, Auburn. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't. I don't want to go off on a rant here, but I think Auburn may be one of the worst jobs in football. 
um, just because the the greatest coach uh, in history is at their uh, biggest rival. Uh, but Auburn still has the expectations of, you know, being a perennial national title contender, which they yeah. aren't really capable of doing at the moment. And Gus was even mm-hmm. able to beat Bama with some regularity, uh, much more than any other coach in the SEC has done as of late. But uh, it, it just seems like they're – I think their recruiting is fixing the tank. Uh, I don't – I think they have a really great running back in Tank, uh, tank Bixby. Uh, he may mm-hmm. be one of the best in the country, but um, there's just not much else about their team that I really like uh, at all. Um, so I, I, I'm selling them for this year. I'm selling them for the foreseeable future. Um, of course, now that I say that uh, – Bo Nix is going to turn into Cam Newton, and they're going to win a championship, of course. But um, yeah. moving on, uh, we'll get into what Vegas thinks about these about this division, and then how we kind of uh, compare our own our own picks to that. But uh, we're taking a look at DraftKings and odds to win the SEC West. Um, I won't bother telling you the odds; it's not super important. But I will put these in tiers based off of how they uh, how the odds are. Uh, so Alabama. Uh, is a pretty clear favorite. Um, after that, there's a drop off, and then there's A and M at second, and then there's a pretty pretty good drop off after that, and then there's grouped together. There's LSU, Ole Miss, and Auburn, and then another big dip, and then Mississippi State and Arkansas. Um, Chase, I know we talked uh, pre-show about our own rankings, so uh, how about you tell us yours? Uh, I'll say mine, and then we'll get into it with. With Alabama, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> you know, at the risk of of um, being wrong, anytime you have any kind of an opinion, that's never going to be a hundred percent correct. Um, these I ranked mine, and I think you said you ranked yours as well, based on the teams that we like the most going into this year. That doesn't necessarily mean that this is how they'll end up. And, and I want to talk about that later, but I want to talk about skill set and teams that I think are good and teams that I think will be, will be big. So uh, mine just right out of the gate and we're going to make a graphic for this. So um, you can, you can refer to that if you'd like, if you're more of a visual person, but uh, my ranking, I'm just going to read it real quick. Uh, I have Bama as my favorite um, A&M, there under Bama. I, I'm not saying that we can't beat Bama this year, but I'm just saying kind of going with a safe pick and that Bama's just on a whole other level as far of as course. all of college football is considered. Um, but I, I I put Bama number one, A&M I have number second, or number two. My third is the biggest um, separation from Vegas, which is Arkansas. Um, I think Arkansas – I already mentioned is going to be a really, really good team. I think they will be one of the hardest teams that we play this year. Um, After that, I've got LSU. After LSU, I have Ole Miss. Then I have Auburn. Then I have Mississippi State. Um, So let me just talk a little bit about how I rank them in terms of how I see them. Um, I am doing this. Uh, kind of, so so I used to be. Uh, we're we're both we both have an ag background, 
uh, this really, I, I leverage my ag background here uh, when I, whenever I used to do livestock judging. Those of you that are listening that know anything about livestock judging will probably get really nerdy about this because uh, I'm going to get really nerdy about this. Those of you who have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, I'll try to connect it in a different way too. Um, but I've got different cuts. And so whenever you're judging livestock, um, you have, you know, if you're judging a class of say 10 um, and you compare that to what the, the final planking, final placings are, you have certain cuts. So let's say you have these 10 different animals and you rank them all, you know, three, four, two, one, six, seven, you know, when you go to get graded on how you judge that class, they'll have cuts that basically separate tiers. Um, so you might have say a Bama and an A&M. My cut between Bama and A&M is going to be like one or two. So that means if A&M ends up winning and, and being better than Bama, then you don't really get, you're not going to get hit really hard on, on that. Like they're, they're very comparable teams. So that's your, that's your tier one is Bama and A&M in my opinion going into this year. Um, but from there, there's a more significant drop off in my opinion. Um, and so that's where you'll see a much larger cut where you'll, you know, if one of these teams ends up, you know, placing way ahead, then you're going to lose a lot of points on, on what you're guessing. So your cuts are going to be larger there, but that's where we jump into that tier two. My tier two list is going to be Arkansas and LSU. Um, they're my second tier in the, in the SEC West this year. Um, they're just teams that I think are, are really good and are going to field really good teams, but aren't, aren't significantly uh, – there's just a big drop-off between them and where I see Bama and a at the moment. Um, and then finally, I have my last tier where you're going to have your last major cut is between – my tier three is Auburn, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. Um, so when I'm looking at those tiers – it would not shock me to flip anybody within those tiers. Like I, I see Ole Miss, Auburn, and Mississippi State. I have them ranked, you know, in that order. But it wouldn't shock me if it went Auburn, Ole Miss, or Mississippi State, or Mississippi State, Auburn, Ole Miss, or Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Auburn. Like they're they are comparable teams in my opinion. LSU and Arkansas comparable teams in my opinion. Um, so I just think it would be a much bigger hurdle for. Auburn, Ole Miss, or Mississippi State to be, you know, a nine-win team than it would be for A&M to be a nine-win team or, or Bama to be a nine-win team or Arkansas or LSU to be a nine-win team. So that's kind of how I have mindset. I'm sure yours is similar, maybe not in that thought process, but that was my thought process with ranking these was to try to get my cuts where I like them. Um, and could be dead wrong, but – if you want to know who my favorites are, those are my tier list. It's it's Bama and AM at tier one, Arkansas LSU tier two, Auburn Ole Miss, Mississippi State tier three. Um, it is the SEC West. Any team can beat any team any day. That's the way that we play, but that's how I have it set. So now that I've said my piece, Will, um, yeah. tell us about yours because yours is pretty so, similar to mine too. So you're big on the hogs. And you tied this to livestock judging. Is that a coincidence? Um, actually, no, because I loved showing hogs uh, back in the day. 
back in my glory days of being in the FFA. Uh, Always, uh, hogs were always my my favorite classes to to rank. I never felt like I was all that great at lambs, sheep, or sheep, goats, um, you know, cattle. I just never felt like I was all that good, but hogs that was my bread and butter that's what that's where i really yeah. saw them so yeah i guess so that's a, that's a good comparison but you know this is the sec most of these schools are your your ag based you know um uh what, what do you call it a uh a land grant universities within their state you know you've got you got us you got lsu you got auburn you got mississippi state you know those are all land grant universities in their state so all of their extension services run through those. So it's just fitting, I think, you know, at least for the SEC. Right. Uh, Sorry, I was trying to look up who uh, who won the Livestock Judging Championship this year for college. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like it was Tech. I don't know. I'm not going to waste too much time trying to look that up. But um, lots of good Livestock Judging teams uh, in the SEC, I would assume. Oh, um, yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, moving on to mine. Um, mine isn't too dissimilar from Vegas, uh, but like I've, I've obviously got Alabama first. As much as I would love for uh, to see A and M win the, I guess win the West for the first time, uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, I'm not going to rule it out, but I just you, you can't predict that right now, um, as as high as we are in this A and M team. But I do have A and M second, and then uh, after that, I've got LSU and Ole Miss. Uh, I was actually pretty close on 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 these two these two teams, uh, LSU and Ole Miss. Um, both really good uh, offenses, I believe. Um, I, I think it, it'll probably come down to you know who's home and who's away in that uh, particular game. But uh, I think I think they're they're close uh, in terms of how tough they're going to be to to beat this year. Um, after that, I've actually got Arkansas, uh, so I've got them. Uh, much higher than Vegas, uh, but not quite as high as you do. Um, but I, I, I like what Arkansas got. Uh, they've got. I was looking at the uh, some preseason All American teams uh, yesterday, and uh, Traylon Burks, their big time receiver. He's a, a first team uh, preseason All American by a couple of uh, publications. Uh, so he's he's a total stud, one of the best players in the SEC. Um, I actually like their quarterback uh, KJ Jefferson, and uh, I like what's his face uh, Jalen Catalan on defense. So. Uh, I think Arkansas is getting getting kind of a bad rap here on uh, on on Vegas, but hey, I'm not I'm not a handicapper. They're they're good at their jobs for a reason. But uh, after that uh, is is Auburn, the team I think will uh, slide back the most, uh, and then Mississippi State. Um, I, I'm just not sure if 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 Leach is going to uh, be able to um, have the the type of success there that he's had elsewhere, but. Um, we'll see. You, you never know. They uh, came out and uh, shocked LSU last year, and uh, they may do it again this year. Who knows? But um, well, and and that's one thing. One thing, if you'll, I, I was looking at Vegas compared to you, compared to me. We both actually have the same list that Vegas has. Our only difference is Vegas has Arkansas last. You mm-hmm. you bumped Arkansas up twice. Uh, I bought, bumped Arkansas up four times, um, yeah. and that's, again, because I'm really high on Arkansas. But after that, all of ours are exactly the same as Vegas. Yeah. Uh, I will say in terms of win-loss schedule, I probably wouldn't have the same list. Um, I probably – my list would actually be pretty 
pretty similar years. I, yeah. I think it would be the same. And that's strictly because of out of con- or not out of conference, but uh, uh, your cross division rivals. Arkansas has to play Georgia. That's going to be, I, I'm not going to pick Arkansas in that game. As tough as a team as Arkansas is, like that would be, in my opinion, their number one game. If they win that game, they have really turned a corner in their program. Um, so I'm not going to count them out, but that's going to be a really, really tough game. And then if you pair that with Mississippi State, they're going to play Vandy and Kentucky. And Ole Miss is going to play Tennessee and Vandy. You know? Yeah. So they've got one more really tough game. Those two don't. Mizzou and South Carolina. So. Right, uh, right. So, so we have we have, in my opinion, Arkansas, for the exception of LSU and Bama, uh, because I think Florida will be a better team than Georgia, and we'll get in that n- next episode. But um, in my opinion, Arkansas has the third hardest game having to play Georgia. Um, outside of any team that has to play Florida. Right. Um, and it's not a comp, yeah. but they also play Texas this year. So, Oh, that. yeah. that. Uh, actually, I will say, um, and this isn't me on hating on Texas, but I, I would it. say if I'm, if I'm Arkansas, I'm earmarking that game because I want to win that game to prove that I belong in the SEC. Oh, and um, it's in Fayetteville. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a really good game. Um, I'm, I think they are very competitively matched mainly because I think, I think Arkansas is a tried and true, like just true, like SEC power football type team right now. Um, they're aggressive. They're tough. I think Texas is a big 12 high flying, got some really, really good skill players. Um, so it's going to be a good matchup. Um, what's going to set Arkansas apart this year is if they can, use that toughness to beat those high-flying teams because they play Texas. Ole Miss is a threat. Auburn's a threat. Mississippi State's a threat at that high-flying level where you're not seeing that as much in, in A&M and LSU. You, know? uh, you won't see that as much in Georgia either, but you, you dang sure will in, in Mizzou. You know? um, so so I, think, I think it's good for them. It sets up good to where if they can really – hit that niche and they can say, okay, we're going to outpower these, these skilled, you know, um, skill position teams. And I think they could, they could really set up a really good schedule for themselves. Yeah. Let's keep, uh, let's keep on with Arkansas here. Uh, kind of put okay. a bow on, on them, but, uh, they, they, they don't lose too much off of last year's roster. Um, they do change quarterbacks. Uh, exiting is Felipe Franks. And coming in is uh, he has, I don't think he's been named the starter yet, but uh, most likely KJ Jefferson. Um, he was a, a blue chip recruit coming out, and actually, of the seven SEC West teams, I watched five of their spring games. Uh, in fact, it was the teams I have in the top five in the division. <laughs> um, uh, but I thought I thought Jefferson looked good. Um, former AM target uh, Malik Hornsby uh, is their other quarterback, and. You can still see his athletic ability and his arm talent. Uh, it's very apparent when you watch him when you watch him play. But uh, he's got to get his accuracy down, or he's he's going to have a tough time uh, beating out Jefferson uh, and being a starter there eventually. But um, like in the spring game, I think he should have thrown like five picks. I think, but there were like a couple of drops by defenders. Um, and then on defense, uh, Jalen Catalan is a uh, first team All SEC 
candidate. Um, kind of a do-it-all, like nickel defender. Um, can cover the slot, can come up and uh, bust you in the mouth. Uh, they did lose probably their best defensive lineman, a kid named Jonathan Marshall. Uh, he, he actually flashed quite a bit when Annan played them in 2019. I'm like, man, this kid, this number 42, he's pretty good. Um, he went in the sixth round of uh, this past year's NFL draft. So um, they're probably going to miss him, but I think pretty much the rest of the defense returns, uh, including a linebacker by the name of Bumper Pool. Um, speaking of Bumper no Pool, you can get your uh, <laughs> Bumper Pool trailer at Dugan Stone Trailers in Grossbeck, Texas. Yeah, Dugan Stone Trailers. Uh, you can get some really good Bumper Pool trailers from there. <laughs> the pride of Grossbeck, Texas. Uh, yeah. Old Bumper Pool. <laughs> Uh, Ask for Blake. Tell him we sent you. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, you mentioned their quarterback. The quarterback quarterback's going to be the the number one question for me because um, they they did lose Felipe Franks, right? Yes. Okay, so I not to dog on Felipe, but I feel like there's some similarities between him and Mond um, that they're probably they're probably hoping that they see a new new energy. Um, at that position coming into this year, I wouldn't. I, I, KJ Jefferson was a really good quarterback. I remember um, when he committed to them. I was, I was, I really liked that that set. Um, but Malik Hornsby was one of my favorite recruits, um, and, and I have to say that that part of that's because he was he and A Chain were like, you know thing one and thing two back in high school. Like if you watch their tape, like you might be watching a play that's really a highlight of, of Devon, but then you see Malik on the other side of the field and you're like, oh, who's that quarterback that was playing, you know? Um, so he – I could see him being either a a second quarterback, you know, or I could see him starting too, but I could also see him just being a super good skill player um, that they, they kind of – Utilize more like we use, um, you know, an I Smith or um, you yeah. know something like that. Like I could see he's got some super speed, and outstanding speed. He's going to see the field whether he's starting. If he's not starting quarterback, he's going to be starting in a different position because they've got to use that speed somewhere. But I yeah. want to say, and I don't remember 100 percent here, but I think one of the big pulls for him to go to Arkansas is that he really did want to play quarterback. Yeah. Um, and, and that was something that one of the reasons why it, it wasn't as attractive for him to come to us because we just had too much talent there at quarterback that it just didn't look like we would want to play him at that position. So, yeah. um, you, you, we'll see. The, uh, sprint relay team at Fort Ben Marshall a couple of years ago consisted of Malik Hornsby and Devon A. Chain. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> that is some serious speed. I think a third guy was a, a D one football player too. I can't remember his name, but. Um, they definitely they definitely won state uh, that year. Um, yeah, it's all, it's about all gone on the Hogs, but uh, you know, going into last year, I was like, this team's about to go zero and ten. Like they were god awful last year, and uh, it was a complete disaster. But I think Sam Pittman is, uh, I think he's a good coach, and I think he's going to get the most out of what he's got. Um, they're never going to recruit the best, but. Uh, I think that I think it's a solid squad, and we know it's like they're always going to give Andem a tough, a tough run. But well, and here's what I'll say: here's what I'll say on that is my last point is that like if you put them in any other division of college football, 
I think they're at the very top of their very top of their division. Um, and I'm, that's not me trying to be an SEC homer. That's just me saying, even if they were in the SEC East, I think they would really push to be second or third in the East very easily. Um, of course, they would have that hurdle of Florida and Georgia, but if they were in the East, I would definitely have them as my number three. Um, you know, you put them in the Pac-12, I think they really, really do well. You put them in the Big Ten, I could see the argument that they're better than a lot of these Big Ten teams that are out there. Um, so, And I'm going off a of last year's squad for them. So, like, if you put last year's squad and a lot of these other um, conferences, I think they would have had a whole different year. Um, and so they're, they're, they're my dark horse candidate for sure because if you watch their games – and not just look at the the stat line at the end of the game, then you can see like, who they're going to punch you in the mouth, and they're not going to back down, and they're going to be they're going to be hard to play. You know, like you're going to feel it whenever you're. As my dad used to say, you know, if you and I get in a, in a fight, I might lose, but you're going to remember that you were in a fight. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately maybe we should just shouldn't get in a fight because you're going to, you're going to be hurting tomorrow even if I lost the fight. You know, and that's yeah. kind of how I see Arkansas. I see them how we wanted to see ourselves for years of you know the the win loss schedule didn't really represent how good of a team we were and we were being held back because of how great of a division we were in. They really saw that last year, and and I think they have to turn the corner this year to turn that skill and that that angst that they have to win into actual wins. Um, and I think I think it could. I, I dogged on Sam Pittman whenever they first hired him. I was like, okay, that was kind of dumb. They they didn't give you know Chad enough time, but he proved me wrong last year. I feel like even though they didn't they put. Didn't, didn't do do good at all. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, in terms of win-loss. But they just – they really impressed me. I was scared to death going into that game last year. And, honestly, I'm pretty scared going into this, in this year. They're going to be a tough opponent. It's always one to sweat out. But let's talk Tide. Um, Alabama, uh, presumed favorite by Vegas for the division, for the conference, for the national championship. They've won six of the last – 12 national championships uh, with Saban there. Uh, they produced by many metrics the best offense in college football history a season ago, um, had a receiver win the Heisman, and they followed that up with signing the best recruiting class uh, statistically uh, ever. So what what hope do, do people or do fans have that Bama may take a step back this year? Um, maybe they have questions at the quarterback position. Uh, that's that might be yeah. be all I can jump to. But even if they have a subpar quarterback, which they're not going to have, I mean they got Jalen Milrow. He's a fantastic quarterback backing up Bryce Young. That, that's already going to be a good quarterback in my opinion. Um, they've got some of the best running backs that I ever wanted during you know with McClellan and and Kamar Wheaton. Both of those guys are tremendous, tremendous running backs and both uh, the the quarterback and the running back are going to be backed by by far and away the the best offensive line in college football um it's just stupid the talent that they have there um yeah. so if you're wanting to beat bama 
where it comes, where you're really going to, I don't know. Because here's my thought. You have to have a stout defense just to play them at a net zero. You know, so like you look at A&M, like we're really, really high on our defense this year. So that might get us a net zero. That might mean that our defense is as good as their offense, and that would that would give us a zero there. Somehow our offense is going to have to be better than their defense. And so a lot of the a lot of the you know looking back into history, some of the ways of beating Bama is that you had to have a really dynamic quarterback. He had to really have a dynamic offense. It was high flying, a Johnny Manziel or a you know Ole Miss type offense that was just going to mess them up and not let them play their game. Um, I just don't think you have that in the SEC right now. Uh, but there again, you have a lot of teams that are working towards that with both both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I think two, three years from now, they're going to be real scary for, for the Tide uh, just because they're developing that talent and they've got two of the best in the game um, You know, at, at that high-flying, high-potent offense. Um, we'll, we'll see if what Auburn does coaching wise, you know, if they continue on, but, um, I could see that being another team that, that in the next couple of years has high flying offense, but that's our hope for A&M, um, is that our offense comes out and is super salty compared to what it was last year. And it, it's less vanilla. It's a lot more like keep you on your toes. I think if we have that and we have the stellar defense that we want to have, that we expect to have, um, it could be competitive. Yeah. But I think I think where you're going to see teams that are competitive against Bama are going to be the elite teams, and that's it. You're going to yeah. have Clemson. You're going to have Ole Miss. I mean, I'm sorry, not Ole Miss. Um, uh, Ohio State. You're going to have teams that have elite defenses but have really, you know, keep you on your toes offenses as well. Um, And and so I think, um, you know, if we lost to Bama and we kept it within a score or two, I'm happy. Um, If we do what we did last year, I'm not happy. But I'm not going to say that Bama's not beatable. It's just crazy how much talent they have. And yeah. and it's just – in some ways it's bad for the sport. In some ways it's good for the sport. I, I mean, I could hear either argument either side. Um, but they're just they're just way too talented. So <laughs> what, what are few, your thoughts? I've got a few reasons for optimism. Uh, they're not the best, but it is – it's something. So uh, offensively – they do have a new quarterback, uh, although he. There's some that may claim he's the best one they've had. Uh, that remains to be seen, um, but he is new. He's uh, a redshirt freshman uh, or tree sophomore, however you want to look at it. He had very limited snaps last year, but um, he has to play uh, at the swamp next year. He has to play at Kyle Field next year. Um, Freshman players, or I guess younger players, tend to make mistakes, and uh, he may have a game where uh, he makes a bunch of them, and it uh, holds them back. Uh, the other thing is at receiver, they lost two of the best I've ever seen. Uh, after losing 
two uh, top 15 NFL draft picks the, the year the year prior. Um, but they lost Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddell is finally gone, um, even though he really only played against AM last year and uh, missed a lot of the year. Um, but I think what I'm getting at here, and on the O-line, they lose, you know, three draft picks, uh, a first-round tackle, a really high-end center, and a uh, tremendous left guard. But what I'm trying to get at is I think their offense will go from being the best we've ever seen to merely really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. in- instead of them being, you know, flat-out impossible to stop, uh, we should get some stops. Um, I'd actually, I'd be very surprised to see, uh, to see it play out like it did last year with uh, them putting up 52 on us. But, and I think on on the point about the receivers, they're still going to be good. They've they've recruited some of the top receivers in the country. Uh, they still have John Mechie, who's quite fast. But there are other guys. Uh, they are good players, but I don't think they have the speed of the guys that have left. Uh, Jerry Judy, uh, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and Henry Ruggs, uh, I believe they all ran uh, 4-4 or faster. Um, just an insane amount of talent. And all four of those guys went uh, at pick 15 or higher. I think it was pick 14 or higher, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, but just a, a ridiculous amount of talent, or a ridiculous amount, amount of speed, and there's not a secondary in, in college football that, that has that kind of speed to match. So um, that that's my optimism on offense. And then on defense, uh, they, they don't seem to have that just bulldozer in the middle that they typically do. Uh, of course, I would have said that before the 2018 season, and then Quinton Williams comes out of nowhere to just dominate college football. Um so I it wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them to have somebody come up and and be a all American caliber player, but we haven't seen it yet. The guys they they started last year are good, but just not the the big difference makers on the interior defensive line that we're used to seeing. And then yeah. I don't know. I, I guess they lost Pat Sertan, who was really good, but uh, I'm sure they've got you know I know they signed the the number one corner in the country last year, so. Um, I'm sure they're going to have a good secondary still, but uh, hopefully, you know, A&M can uh, contain the pass rush on the interior. Uh, we've talked about how we like the A&M tackles against their defensive ends, um, but they're going to be tough, man. It's that's a t- that's a tough team to beat, but it's at home. It's going to be at night. Uh, it'll be good. We'll see. I'm I'm sitting here looking at their scholarship distribution at the moment and. 247's got to have this kind of messed up because right now they have 17 scholarship linebackers and one edge rusher. So they've got to have those yeah. kind of skewed doors. Some of those guys yeah. have to be edge rushers. I could see Kendrick Baxter being an edge rusher actually. Um but if he's not, he's going to be a he's going to be a generational talent. I I wanted him bad. Um but you were talking on the on the interior Line, uh, good wine. Martrell, is it Martrell? Good wine. Um, um, I believe it's Monkel. Monkel, good Monkel, wine. Monkel, good wine. I, I liked him a lot. He's going to be a really, really good, good player. Um, so one, one thing I will say, um, and this goes back to what I said about like you, the 
the recipe, in my opinion, on what it might take to make Bama um, make them beatable or make them just make them make them human, you know, <laughs> just to take them from being the Avengers and bring them down, bring them down to somebody that you could probably beat. Um, is that you would want to have a consistent or consistency at defense on your team with a a pretty senior unit at defense. Because if you look at their offense, it is pretty young. Not saying it's not talented because it's stupid talented. But uh, you've got a lot of young players there. Um, what's going to save that young player part of it is that They've got. They're going to have a really, really good offensive line. Um, so even if the players make some mistakes, that's okay because they're not going to give up the stupid mistakes of sacks and things like that, like they might otherwise would. Um, but they lost a lot of coaches as well on the offensive side, and I'm not saying that that's going to cause their offense to drop. I'm just saying that early on, you're gonna you're gonna see a little bit of growing pains just from young players in a newer system, you know, and going from there. And you got to hope that that's, that's beneficial if you have a unit that has had consistency at the defensive positions, um, has had c- consistency in the coaches. So I'm not saying that to tee myself up to this because this is what I'm saying. And is beating Bama this year. A- and m has, <laughs> has the, and has the bit of a recipe that I think – could make them again, not make them to where we're gonna beat them in, into the dirt, but make it to where they're we're not fighting the Avengers. We at least have like two Infinity Stones, you know. Like we're, we've yeah. got we've got enough to maybe be you know like because we have that consistency at the coaching position on the defense side of the ball. We have senior leadership on the defensive side of the ball, and and they don't have that right now on their offensive side of the ball. So you would want to hope that we would play them early, which lo and behold, AM plays them relatively early in the season. So um, if I had to pick one team that could beat Bama in our division this year, it is going to be AM. And guys, I am not saying that because I'm an AM grad and that this is an AM podcast. I don't have maroon colored glasses. It's just we have the tools that might be there to win. A&M has them. Um, other teams, unfortunately, don't have all of those. And and so I think, still think that you see the tide roll this year and um, it'll be yet another year of us, you know, losing that game. But I think it'll be a whole different story if we're a one-loss team this year with that one loss being Bama than it was last year. Hopefully. A&M's winning that game. <laughs> uh, I uh, don't get me wrong. I'm gonna pick it because I like throwing oh, yeah. a risk out there. But yeah. uh, I, if I'm, if you want my who, who's the best team? I, I call Bama being a better team than us doesn't mean we can't win. You know what? The more I heard you talk, the more I just convinced myself in my own mind that we're gonna win. But I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll say this to drive my point home because uh, I really want to get this across. But uh, they're gonna go from having the most efficient quarterback ever to having a really good one. They're going to go from having uh, maybe the best receiver ever in college football 
to having some really good ones. Two of the best. Jalen Waddle was ridiculous when he played. Um, so we're going to go from those guys to some really, really good ones. Just not the Yeah, best Mechie's ever. fantastic. Jai Hall's Mechie. fantastic. Judge yeah. Earl's fantastic. I mean, they've got plenty. And then they're going to go from the best college offensive line that I've ever watched to a pretty good offensive line. So I, I just think they're going to be much more beatable this year than they were last year, which it, it, it feels hard to imagine just because they were so damn good last year. And they did sign an excellent class, but uh, I think they are young at some spots. And uh, I think, I just think, th- I think they're going to be more vulnerable than they were, but um, enough about them. Uh, let's not spend too much time on AM. In fact, we'll just sum it up pretty quickly, but uh, I think, I think AM has a really good shot to finish in the top two of the SEC West. Um, I think they're a, a really, really high floor team. I think we have great leadership. I think we have a, an awesome defense. And uh, like we talked about before, depending on O-line and quarterback, uh, we could challenge Bama. We could challenge for a, an SEC title and a playoff berth. But mm-hmm. that's all I've got to say about that. Um, I, I'm with you. I don't want to touch on A&M too much because um, if you want to know what we think about that, go listen to our other episodes. Uh, we really do these episodes here for people who don't want to hear us browbeat A&M all the time. Um, so so I, I'm going to say I do think it's good. The one thing that I'll say about A&M is I like how our schedule sits up. Um, and and we at the very end of this, I'm going to talk about schedules over all seven of these teams, and I'll mention it there. But I do think A&M has the tools. Um, I think we, we've got – got the right leaders at the right positions. And I, I think, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't expect very much of a drop off from what we saw last year. Um, and, and if we see last year's team hit the field, I think we're solid contender to where the number one person that we're going to have to worry about this year is Bama. Doesn't mean that, you know, every week isn't losable, but Bama is going to be our number one competition because, again, going back to the tiers that I set up, I think those are the two clear best teams going into this year. Well said. Uh, let's move on to the LSU Tigers. Um, national champions in 2019, um, big step back last year, uh, lost to uh, Mizzou Mississippi State early on, uh, lost to A&M. Uh, had a ton of people leave after that 2019 season and then even more opt out. Uh, Jamar Chase opts out. Tyler Shelvin opts out. Um, what was weird to me is after the AM game, uh, two other guys opted out. Like they played that game. They're like, okay, yeah, yeah we're uh, done now. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the year, they, they barely had enough scholarship players to fill the team. Uh, and I think, the, I think the quarterback, I think Max Johnson turned it around at the end of the year. Um, I would expect them to start. Uh, they have a fantastic uh, outside receiver in Keishon Boutte, also a fantastic name. Um, they, so, sorry, I, I mentioned at the beginning that I was really going to come on here and pick LSU to be really improved, and then I changed my mind. I didn't, I didn't say why, but uh, I'll go ahead and do that now. Maybe the biggest thing is uh, – Orgeron may be in some hot water with some legal issues uh, mm-hmm. stemming from some uh, sexual assault allegations. 
Uh, we're not lawyers. There's not a ton of info out or you know about that right now. Uh, so we'll we'll leave, we'll leave that for a different day. But um, that's got to be hanging over his head and over you know just kind of like a dark cloud around the team. Uh, but then on top of that, you know, I was going to come on here and say that they return every offensive lineman, every defensive lineman. Uh, well, their starting left tackle uh, just transferred to Kentucky. Uh, and I put this on Twitter, and I'll use the same words, but they have a black hole at left tackle. They do not have a, a, a young stud they can plug in there. Uh, they don't have a, a good season vet they can move over there. Uh, they're going to be bad at that position. Um, I, I, it's, it's very, very uh, troublesome for them. But also, you know what's weird is uh, they just don't have that guy running back like they usually do. Like, there's no Fournette. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no Geis, you know, who's a piece of crap. But um, there's no uh, – who's the other guy? Uh, uh, Edward Zelaire. Like, they've always had that guy. Jeremy Hill. Um, I feel like they just have a bunch of – just a bunch of guys at running back. Yeah. Well, that's what jumped out to me, too, whenever I was looking at their scholarships. Um, I could see – my number one thing that I'm going to mention to them is the the off-the-field stuff. Um, I'm I'm with you 100% on that. You hear that kind of talk in college football a lot. Um, Whenever there's interviews or whenever you're talking to players, you know, you'll hear like, oh – you know, we take it one day at a time. We don't let that stuff get in the locker room. That's a lie. The, the, that stuff is in the locker room, you know, and they're going to talk about that. Now, are the players going to sit around and talk like, oh, well, he mishandled that? No, they're not. What what it is is it becomes a distra- distraction for the coaches and, and the administration. You know, they're, they're not able to put 100% into football because they're looking at some of this other stuff. Like you talk about, like, you know, like issues that we've had in the past with like Johnny and, you know, oh, there's just off the field issues. Well, there was, and that created a little bit of animosity within the locker room. But the problem was your coaching staff and, and your, your athletic department, and all that, they're having to try to navigate all that stuff and figure it out with compliance and everything to make sure it's all good. And so you're not having the coaches go in and be like, Hey, stop this, focus on what's the most important, you know? And so, You'll hear that, oh, don't – off-the-field issues aren't a big deal. They are. I, I'm not saying that that will cripple a team, but it's enough of a reason why we – you know, it would be – this one seems a little bit harder for LSU than the ones that they've had in the past. They've had a lot of off-the-field issues in the past that just kind of get, you know, blown Swept over. under the rug. I always felt like Orgeron was not an elite-level coach. I Absolutely always felt not. like he was a – I always felt like he was just a a pretty pretty good coach. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I would compare him to like a um, um, oh, of course I just went blank on the name. What's Penn State's coach name? James Franklin. James Franklin. I would compare him to James Franklin. I consider James Franklin a really good coach. I consider Orgeron a really good coach, but I don't consider him in the elite of the elite. And of course, it's going to sound like. Um, I'm being, um, you know, A&M Homer here whenever I include Jimbo in this list. But when I look at Debo, I look at Jimbo, I look at 
Saban. I look at um, even Brian Kelly for that matter. Um, some of these coaches that have just just always done really well. Mac Brown, um, just these phenomenal coaches in college football year over year over year. I wouldn't include him in that list. And whenever they won that national championship and whenever they had the year of all years, which I still consider that team better than Bama of last year, but that's a whole, whole other story. Um, it's a very fun debate also. It, it is a fun debate, but, but like I, I'm saying that so that, you know, like yeah, I yeah. still consider like best team that I've ever witnessed would have been that LSU team. And I would have put them against like 05 Texas. I would have put them against last year's, um, you know, Alabama. I'd have put them against truly the elite of the elite through the years, even like back to the U, you know, at, at Miami, like some of those. But at that point in time, I was saying, and I told you a million times, I was dead wrong about Orgeron. He, he proved me wrong. And then it seems like ever since then he's proved me right. And so it just it just seems like handling of issues and stuff like that isn't their strong suit right now. And that's problematic whenever you suddenly have a whole bunch of issues coming into the play. Yeah. I'll put it this way. If if we switched coaches with them, if they had Jimbo and we had Orgeron, they would bury us. It'd be a disaster whenever we played them. Um but yeah, I think I think the off-field stuff is an issue. Um, I think Orgeron was the beneficiary of uh, some excellent talent that he helped recruit. Mm-hmm. He's an excellent recruiter. It's probably the best part of his game. That and uh, he's a great motivator. Um, but the benefit of that, the benefit of Joe Burrow uh, turning into this uh, insanely good quarterback, uh, and the beneficiary of a great, uh, I guess, two great coaching minds in. Uh, Joe Brady leading the offense and Dave Aranda leading the defense. Like, you yeah. really let those guys, like, we talk about the CEO model. Like, that was the ultimate uh, example of that with those two guys who are now, you know, uh, Aranda is the head coach at Baylor and um, Brady's the OC at, at Carolina. Um, I think they had really, really poor coaching last year uh, at offensive coordinator and defense coordinator. Uh, the OC was Scott Linehan, who Cowboys know and hate. And the DC was uh, Bo Pelini, who everybody hates. Um, yeah. So, so they're, they're, they're both gone. Uh, they, I think they're trying to recreate the, the Joe Brady thing. They took another uh, uh, young offensive mind from the Saints uh, in Jake Peets. I think he's, uh, he's of the Brady, Joe Brady tree. Um, and then on defense, uh, they actually struck out on a couple of hires and uh, ended up going with uh, Durante Jones. Um, neither of these coordinators have ever called their sides of the ball. They've only been assistants. So um, I think that's problematic. Um, the last thing I'll say is about their defense. Uh, it was kind of hard to do what they did last year where you have uh, two eventual top ten picks at corner uh, and a draft pick at safety and have one of the worst passing defenses in the country. Um, I think that was a coaching issue. I think that I, I would expect them to be a lot better than, you know, last. Uh, but the defense is, it's not what, it's not like those old LSU defenses. Uh, it's, yeah. it's still, it's still good, but um, 
I just don't think it's an elite unit that's going to carry them. Anything else on the Tigers? On those Tigers? We have other Tigers to talk about. Uh, I can't say that I do have anything on them. They've got the talent there, so it would not shock for, shock me for them to come out and be a great team. Yeah. Um, so I'm not – that's why I have them in my Tier 2 list. Like I could absolutely see them being um, – being number three in, in this division. Um, if you want to try to ask me, are they better than A&M this year? My answer is no, because A&M just doesn't have a lot of the other stuff going on that LSU has right now. And so if if it wasn't for that, I would actually say, yeah, that's a tie. I would have them in my tier one list. If it were not for the question marks at coaching and all the off the field issues going on. So, because a lot of why I'm saying I don't expect them to be all that great is more qualitative rather than quantitative, I would say it wouldn't wholly shock me for them to come out and be better than us this year. Um, but I don't expect it. Um, A&M side note here. Uh, if, if we go into Death Valley and beat them this year, that's a huge deal in my opinion. Big time I, deal. I, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but like – AM hasn't done that since we used to play them in the 90s. Um, our two wins against them while we've been in the SEC have been at home. So uh, Death, Death Valley is probably uh, the most uh, uh, treacherous environment uh, in the country. Um, so getting a win there would be a big, big deal for AM. But Yeah, me, me um, saying that we're a better team than them doesn't mean that we're going to beat them. Right. That's just me saying I think we're, we're the better team if you compare one-to-one. Um, but – Playing at Death Valley, Death Valley was the most intimidating place I ever went to. It's just yeah. maybe not everybody feels that way. I definitely felt that way. When they yeah. say it played Colin Baton Rouge at the beginning by <laughs> Garth Brooks, I had chills. And I'm yeah. like, man, I wish I wish Kyle Field was this intimidating. And yeah. um, that's that's gonna make a lot of Aggies mad. But it was just it just sidelined me at I, like, I, I was actually kind of. I was actually kind of scared that like somebody was going to beat me up on my way out of the stadium. Like it was truly just intimidating, you know, that I'm like, all of these people want me dead, you know? And I'm like, that's, that's kind of scary as much as I love, I love A&M. I love how respectful we are and all of that. Like us, like playing some rap music for 15 seconds at like, you know, volume six, um, doesn't really get you there it doesn't it doesn't make you think like oh my gosh these guys are are gonna pummel me in the ground if we end up winning uh that's not what you get at lsu you're like oh i hope we lose because this is gonna be terrible trying to get out of here you know Uh, (laughs) that's just my me personally i do respect our intro i love i love power i love the drum line and all that i think that's awesome I uh, do but, too, but, but we've got to but, get some stuff figured out on the transitions, and you know, I, I'm I'm definitely going to get into that for the season. <laughs> yeah, okay. that is that is old army will not like me for that, but I don't care. I was on the sideline, and I heard, you know, as much as I, uh, you know, game day every single day. What am I playing? The Nobleman of Kyle. I wake up, listen to it all day long. It like gets me hyped for game day. It's the most exciting thing. I love hearing it. I love all that side of it. But when you're on the field, you know, when Johnny comes marching home, just isn't going to do it for me. I, I need yeah. to hear, you know, like, 
humble by Kendrick Lamar, and it needs to be blaring so loud that their defense is trying to yell. You know, their coaches are trying to yell the plays, and their defense can't hear it. We just need to pipe it into there to where we confuse them. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. I don't want to go on tangent. I'm sorry. I already went on tangent. (laughs) Hey, uh, I'm about to. (laughs) I don't get us on another one here, but I just now noticed that on our uh, recording platform here. It just took random screenshots of our face and put them as the as our picture is over there. Well, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked at it. I was like, "What picture are they using?" I, like, I don't know. It, it made me laugh. But um, anyway, we, we've got three teams left, and uh, let's try to raffle through them fairly quickly. But uh, let's talk Ole Miss next. Um, the Lane Train is in Oxford. Uh, explosive offense. Um, I know they lose uh, Elijah Moore, and uh, they had a good tight end, uh, Kenny Yaboa. Um, but they still have Matt Corral, who is you know a top a top quarterback prospect for uh, for next year. They still have some weapons. They have uh, a great running back, uh, Jerry and Ely. He's one of the best in the conference, um, and a pretty good line. Um, what with with Ole Miss, uh, I think. They're definitely one of the most dangerous teams in the conference just because they can score points. But they're either going to score, you know, 40 and have 600 yards of offense or Corral's going to throw six interceptions uh, or both. You know, <laughs> he, may, he may throw six right. picks and they score 40 points. <laughs> but, um, yeah. It's, it's, it, but as good as they are on offense, uh, they're always going to be a dangerous out. Aiden plays over there this year. Um the, Ole Miss actually plays a, a Louisville in the non-con, so uh, that'll be interesting. Um, defense is bad. Defense is very bad. Uh, it was the worst in the country last year, uh, and they lost their leading tackler to the transfer portal. Um, they brought in some some good freshmen. Uh, actually, brought in a couple of defensive tackles that A and M wanted, uh, most notably uh, Taiwan Malone, who's a borderline five star. A great player, but he's going to be young this year. So um, they may not have the worst defense in the country again, but I, I just I can't see it improving that much. Yeah, um, I'm gonna. I'll probably always do this so long as the coaches are this way. But part of the reason why these two are in my bottom tier is because when it comes to actual talent on the team. They're both sitting at 24% blue chip. Like, they don't have the talent there. But it's kind of like playing – it's kind of like playing NCAA football or Madden against a seven-year-old. Like, you could put all of the skill and talent into it, but if they can can snap the ball, run 30 yards back, and then just chunk it down the field, every now and then they're going to get a completion – and when you're playing scramble drill all game long, then it just is a recipe for disaster. So both Ole Miss and Mississippi State, so long as they have their respective coaches, they're going to be tough teams that are they're going to be a tough out because they're going to have a little bit of good talent there, but they're going to have that scheme that, that can really mess you up. And they rely so heavily on a quick hitting, you know um, – um, what's the word? Um, hype. They they rely on hype. 
Um, so this is this is something that you don't ever hear people talk about in college football. I don't think um, teams like them, uh, these high flying air raid teams, um, you rely really heavily on hype. That's what I think. You look at one of the best examples of that, in my opinion, is 2012 Texas A&M. We had that hype behind us the whole way, and it just kept going. You, if you can punch that hype in the stomach, you could deteriorate a team. And so, um, the way that elite teams beat teams like these is they have to be true to themselves, and they have to just, you know, take the wind out of their sails. Okay, great, you scored in 30 seconds. I'm going to score in in seven minutes now, and I'm just going to wear you out because I you can't get the ball back from me. Um, yeah. And playing that keep away is really important on a team like that. I think AM is going to be good, set up really well for that. I think uh, Alabama is always set up for that. Um, who else do they play? Uh, Arkansas is going to be good at that. LSU remains to be seen. Could be good at that. Could not. I don't know. Uh, LSU or uh, Louisville Ole Miss is going to be a really, really fun game to watch because Louisville is not going to be that way. It's going to be like very much a Big 12 game where it's it just passes all around. And and as much – I'm a big defensive guy. I love boring football um, because it's not boring to me like it is to the average fan. But um, I do enjoy a good shootout, and I could see Louisville Ole Miss being a really good one. Easy there, Chase. This is a family show. <laughs> Um, the last thing i'll say about all this uh i've got to throw this in there it's a one of the more interesting stats i've seen stuff started falling college football um but when they played alabama last year uh and yes like 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 they gave alabama a little bit of a run for their money they scored a bunch of points on nick saban's defense and he was pissed um but on the flip side uh, Alabama gained every yard they possibly could have with the exception of like 50. And the way I'll kind of explain that is every time Bama got the ball, they scored a touchdown. Well, I, I, they, they just, they just scored with the exception of they got down to the one yard line once and Najee Harris fumbled. And then I believe they, uh, missed a field goal in there. But other than that, they were scoring every single drive and just a just a testament to how bad that that almost defense was um I, I i thought last year when that game got canceled that um yeah you know, even even as good as we were at that point it, it still it still gave me a bit of pause just because their offense is so good but on the other hand like a, a healthy spiller and a chain would have run for like 350 yards on that Ole Miss defense last year. And they might do it on this on this year's Ole Miss defense. But um, you never know with them. They've, they're going to uh, be an explosive offense, and um, it's it's going to be crazy to see what they do week in and week out. Well, well, and so both of those examples you just used, perfect example on what I was trying to say. And this is qualitative, so it will be hard for me to, like, defend this. Um, but in my opinion, both of those games were games – that I could point to this. If Ole Miss comes in with the idea of who cares? Who cares if we win? Who cares if we lose? We're just gonna we're just gonna score as many points as we possibly can. I think that's Lane's mantra. 
It, it is Lane's mantra. <laughs> so if Alabama comes out and says they're going to try to score as many points as we can, that's okay. We're going to do our thing. If A&M comes out and says they're going to score as many points as they can, that's okay. We're going to do our thing. I don't think they have a chance at beating Bama or A&M. If Bama or A&M start to say, what the heck? How do they keep scoring on us? We're so much better on defense than they are on offense. What's going on? And and you get us off of our game to where we feel like we have to start entering into a shootout with you. Now they now they're in control. And that's where those teams, that's what I was that's what I was trying to say and I didn't really have a really good way of saying it is that they run off that hype. If they can get in your head, they can win that game because they can score those points. It's just a matter of you being true to yourself and being, that's okay. So what? They're up by 14 points. They're going to crash and burn in the third quarter, and we're going to come back and beat them in the fourth quarter. I think A&M has shown to me toward the latter part of last year that they have that maturity. I hope that we maintain that maturity throughout this year. Uh, That will be the key for us beating Ole Miss. I think that will be the key to Bama beating Ole Miss. But with Bama being a young um, offense, I I could see that being a trap game for them um, because that it's those those boys are going to be have, have to become men pretty quick, and um, they have the best best coach in the in the history of college football to get them to that degree. But they have to go into it without being naive. And it's their first SEC game. You know, Ole Miss's first SEC game is be Alabama. They're going to be fresh. They're going to come out and try to just make a statement. Maybe they do beat Bama. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, that's going to be that's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm going to earmark that one. Um, are they a better team than Bama? Absolutely not. Can they get into Bama's mind and, and mess them up and throw them off their game? I absolutely do think so. Yeah, I so. think I think Nick was none too happy about giving up that many points to them last year. Yeah. Um, let's touch on Auburn real quick. Uh, I think we're both pretty down on them. Um, I mean, I, I talked about it a lot at the start of the show, but I, I guess I get I guess I get why they fired Gus, um, but then again, I don't. At least not with who they replaced him with. Uh, they replaced him with Brian Harson from Boise State. Who he's a really good coach. I'm, I'm not trying to say that, but uh, I think their recruiting is about to dip. I think it already had started to dip, uh, starting with his last class. And with, I think Harson runs a pretty, you know, straightforward traditional offense. It's not anything special. I think you have to have elite players if you want to be successful in this division with that kind of system. Um, I don't think Bo Nix fits it at all. Uh, he's really, he's a really good dual threat quarterback that, uh, I thought fit well under Gus, but, um, he's just helter skelter. Like he's got some, uh, ridiculous, like, 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 like playing at home and playing on the road for him is a big deal. Like it, like the numbers back that up for some reason. Um, but I just don't think he's, he's a difference maker. Uh, I think this is a bad system for him. Uh, their offensive line last year was pretty mediocre. Uh, they haven't really addressed that. Uh, all of their top receivers declared for the NFL draft. Um, they do have a good running back. That is the best thing about their team is Tank Bixby. Uh, he he was banged up a little bit last year, so if if he goes down, they're in 
uh, a world of hurt because I don't know how they're going to score points. Um, and then on defense, you know, in the recent recent in the recent history, they've had uh, really strong defensive lines, um, going all the way back to Nick Fairley, uh, who anchored the the D line when they won the championship with Cam Newton, uh, to Derek Brown a couple years ago, who was a top ten draft pick, and several others in between. But uh, they just don't have those guys right now. Um, their linebackers are okay, the secondary is okay, but it's I just don't see them being a uh, a true threat, you know, in the conference. And I, if they went six and six, it wouldn't shock me at all. If they, if they were worse than that, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, um, you've heard me say a few things about them um, in this episode. And every time I've said something, it's been, what are they going to do at coaching? That's because I just – I I honestly don't know very much about this whole move. Like I I just I don't really know much about their new coach. I don't know how this coaching structure and their scheme is going to fit in with the team. Um, they're kind of a mystery to me, honestly. Um, as much as I follow this stuff, that's just one that I just don't know too much about. But I don't know. I. I I'm not a big fan of them getting rid of Malzahn personally. Um, I think he was a good coach. I just don't think he ever got the true tools. Well, and he actually got a better job. He's coaching UCF now, which is, I think, a, uh, yeah, an, an, infinitely, an infinitely better job than Auburn. I, I think Auburn I, – I legit, Really? I, I, legit think, I, I legit think Auburn is one of the worst jobs in the country just because of the expectations, and now you have to deal with – Alabama and AM and LSU and they play Georgia every year. Like in, in some years they're they're dang near guaranteed four losses. Um, especially if things keep trending the way they are. But I, I could definitely agree with you on it would be it would be hard to retain your job because expectations are too high compared to what they're having to go against. Um but at the same time it, it's it's Auburn. Um that's a I remember – I'll be honest because I, I said this at the very very first episode of our podcast, <laughs> but I used to not always follow A&M. I mean, I used to not always follow college football. I didn't really do that until 2012, kind of turned it around for me. I did when I was a kid, and then um, once I got into high school, I kind of stopped following it. But uh, whenever we first came to the SEC, I was like, who is Auburn? what are Auburn? You know, like I have no idea who they were. Well then Hunter Williams is like, uh, dude, you know, like <laughs> it's Auburn. <laughs> like, and, and so as we've been in the sec, of course I've, I've jumped into more sec history and I'm like, okay, I was a dummy on that. Like they're, they're a borderline blue blood just in terms of their logo. Uh, they were, they would be a school I would love to go to. Um, they're, they're an ag school. We talked about ag schools earlier. Um, so I would say they're a better program in that, you know, like I, I would, I would go Auburn over UCF any day of the week, but the administrative support may not be there at Auburn. I like what you're saying. It might just be an impossible job unless we ever go pod scheduling. And then, then that might flip that on its head. You know, that might be a whole different story. Um, yeah. But that being said, I do think Malzahn would have been able to handle NIL better than 
this mystery coaching staff that I think that they have. <laughs> um, yeah, just if 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 Brian Harson does turn it around, it's it's going to be a long a long rebuild, and uh, Auburn is one of the most impatient fan bases in the country. Uh, so unless they're willing to, you know, to, you know, I guess buck that reputation, uh, and give him some, some time to turn it around. Uh, I just, I just don't see it, you know, being super successful, but let's uh, wrap up with uh, Mississippi state. Um, I, I picked them last as down as I am on Auburn. There's just not much at all that I like about Mississippi state. Um, they had, a, they actually did a, a pretty good defense last year, which is uh, very uncommon for a Mike Leach coach team, but, uh, they lost four of their, of their best starters, um, really good inside linebacker in Earl Thompson and a couple of good defensive linemen, um, on offense, they, they got some good receivers, uh, the quarterback's okay, but, um, there were just too many times last year where it seemed like, uh, opposing defenses just had them figured out and they just weren't able to do very much. Maybe, you know, it, maybe it took time to, you know, reestablish a culture there or, you know, get out the bad eggs and, you know, bring in the guys that Leach wants. Uh, they could be much improved this year. I don't know. Um, I'm just not expecting them uh, to improve uh, that much if they do improve. Um I'm just I'm down on them altogether. I don't think Leach is going to last. Uh, I think he'll be gone in five years or less. Yeah, five, I'll give it five years. I wouldn't give it less. Um, how many years has he been there now? Was last year the first year? Just one. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't going to be their year, no matter what. Um, they've got to build that roster to be with him. Um, I think if if I think if he would have come in immediately after, I'm trying to think, who did they hire between Mullen and uh, Joe Moorhead? Yeah. If they would have gone leech over Moorhead, we'd be having a different conversation right now. Um, I just feel like Mullen's teams were more built to succeed um, where Moorhead's team wasn't really built to succeed under leech's you know, air raid, but, um, I will never count Mike Leach out. That guy is just a, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to, he's, he's, he's in a league of his own. Literally. He's a national treasure. Uh, he's one of, uh, he's one of the best things about college football in the past couple decades. Um, just, just a, weird just <laughs> a weird dude um and he's he's definitely kept things entertaining wherever he's been um yeah I, he I like- his that that's what i think will keep him at mississippi state longer um is that they're not really going on the win loss schedule they're going on the hype that he brings them and he's going to continue to bring hype i don't, i can't tell you how many washington state games i watched at like midnight, you know, and I should be going to sleep. I've been up since like 6 a.m. and I'm up at midnight watching, you know, Mike Leach, his team play, you know, because it's Mike Leach and 
they're fun to watch, you know? Yeah. Um, I like the guy. I, I like him being in college football. Um, if, if things don't work out at Mississippi State, uh, maybe Texas Tech should give him a look. Uh, I, I just so quite I, successful I, I, over there. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Tech had him. They had lightning in a bottle for him. Um, it wouldn't. It, he would fit really well in the Big Twelve, that's for sure. Um, but I, I do think that I love having him in the SEC. He's not a good culture fit for the SEC in terms of his play style, but. College football is evolving, so I might be wrong there. You know, in the next five years. Yeah, and, but I, um, I I don't expect that this is their year. That's why I have them at the very bottom of my list. I just as much as high as I am on Mike Leach all the time, I think they're going to win a game or two here and there that they shouldn't win. I could see them beating like a Auburn or LSU or even Arkansas. Like I, I could see them having some some big wins there. Um, they've got some good. Uh, cross division rivals this year in Vandy and Kentucky. Um, I think they'll win those games, but yeah, it's just they don't have the tools just yet to succeed. But give it another year or two, and I think I think we're at a different. We might have a different conversation. Yeah. That being said, I don't really think it's ever going to work out. But I hope I'm wrong because I want to. Yeah. I want Leach to stay here. I can't wait. To hear his press conferences at SEC Media Days this year. Damn it! I was just about to say that we we got robbed last year with no Media Days with, with absolutely. There. So uh, well, they still did. There there was something that he did. I can't remember what it is now. Dang it! And I wish I could have remembered it. There was something <laughs> that he did, like as a joke uh, towards um, what's his name, Ole Miss. Yeah, he, he pulled his and mask it was out. hilarious. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So sorry, I got sidetracked there for a second. But the last thing I'll say about them is, uh, uh, is as bad as I've talked about them here today, uh, they did have one of the more interesting, uh, I guess, just more interesting games last year. Uh, they only lost to Georgia by a touchdown, and I actually looked that up before the before the podcast just to kind of see what went on, like. Was it fluky? You know, was there like a bunch of turnovers by Georgia or something like that? Like, why was this so close? Uh, because Georgia was starting uh, JT Daniels at that time. They're much better. They're much better quarterback. Um, but no, it was a legit close game. So uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe Leach is figuring it out a little bit. Maybe they do improve a little bit, but um, remains to be seen. Uh, I think that'll do it for us. Uh, for the SEC West preview. Uh, we appreciate you uh, hanging around this long and uh, checking out our show. Um, well, I've got one more thing to mention, Will, before yeah, you go, go into that. Sorry. Um, I, I want to just mention schedules. Uh, just from me looking at it, I'm looking at like whose schedule sets up best. I think of, of the SEC West, um, Texas A&M and Mississippi State has the best schedule set up. Um, in terms of kind of easiest schedule, I guess you could say. Um, I, I would probably put their Mississippi States as the easiest um, with AM next. Easy is relative, but I'm just looking at how it lays out, what teams are back-to-back, that kind of thing. I think AM is a better team, so therefore I would put AM at probably having the easiest path, uh, easier path than, than Mississippi State will. Um, but then – Ole Miss and, and Auburn, I think, have both pretty decent schedules. 
Uh, but because I have them in that third grid there or that third tier, I don't think it, their schedule is going to help them all that much, but it could. Um, I, I do think they have an easier path uh, to a good good season just based on non-conference um, and and their cross division. Um, the 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 next next ones are going to be Arkansas and Bama. That's one thing that I didn't mention whenever we were talking about what makes Bama um, beatable this year. They've got they've got to earn it this year. They're going to have a tough schedule, and um, I like that. I hate that ours is easy and theirs is tough. But at the end of the day, like it, when you look at when you look at how it sets up, like you know they're going to play against Miami right out of the gate. I think Miami will be pretty pretty salty. They're playing at the swamp two weeks later. Two weeks later, they're playing Ole Miss. Then they're playing at Caulfield. Then they're playing at Mississippi State. So those two teams that we talked about, like, can really throw them off who they are. I mean, I already talked about how Ole Miss, their first SEC game is at Alabama. Um, they play Louisville, Austin P, and then Tulane, and then they have a bye week going into playing at Alabama. They're going to give Alabama everything they have. Um, and and I could see that as even if they don't win, I could see it being a very similar deal as to what we saw this past year uh, when they played Bama, where they really throw Bama off their game and kind of kind of put some uh, – to not be too nerdy with it, you know, kind of be like, uh, you know – the Avengers going into Thanos, you know, coming into the, the, <laughs> the world to fight, to fight the Avengers, you know, that right after they had their civil war and they're all in different spots and they're not like all together, I could see it throwing Bama off a little bit whenever they then come into play A&M the next, next uh, week. And then their next trap game is the next one. They're playing at Mississippi state and those cowbells are terrible like they're they're so hard to play against like they're they're just nauseating um but then then they have Tennessee in a bye week but then they play LSU two weeks later they play Arkansas then they've got the the Iron Bowl so and they're playing at Auburn so there there's a lot of they're not going to have at Bama will have a tough tough road ahead of them doesn't mean that they're not going to do it they always have a tough road but they they have one of the hardest schedules i think Arkansas does too. Arkansas is just really just right there in the meat of the schedule. They got to play Texas. That's going to be a tough game for them. But then they're going to play us. They're going to play at Georgia, at Ole Miss, Auburn. You know that's that's a tough road right there. A tough four week stretch. But then to finish the year off, they're going to have Mississippi State at LSU, at Alabama, Missouri. That uh, I could see them losing two or three of the four in that A&M, Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn. And then I could see them lose, losing three of the four between Mississippi State, LSU, Bama, and Mizzou. So they've got a tough schedule. But out of all of them, and this is another reason why, like, I really think the off-the-field issues will be problematic, LSU, in my opinion, has the hardest schedule. Like, they're, they're going to be – they're at UCLA. Um, they go in the meat of their schedule. They've got at Mississippi State, Auburn, at Kentucky, Florida, at Ole Miss, back to back to back to back. That's a tough five week stretch. Kentucky's not not anything to shake a stick about, um, but to play again the Cowbells, play Auburn, play Florida. 
um, and then play at Ole Miss, that's not good. You know, playing playing in Mississippi is kind of hard for either team. They've got to do it on both teams this year. Um, but then when they come off of that, they play at Alabama, Arkansas. They get a, a catch-up week at ULM, and then they're playing us. So they've got the toughest schedule, in my opinion. Um, so so that's what plays into a, a big part of it, too. Um, I think schedules are really important. And of all of them, I think we have one of the easier ones. You know, we have it laid out really, really well um, where it goes. You know, we've got our warm-ups. We're going to play Arkansas, which I think will be a very tough game, but we'll we'll that'll be our first, like, real game that we're wanting to play. Um, we get to get to have a little bit of a warm-up against Mississippi State. Hopefully they won't throw us off of our game to where – we can play Bama, but Mississippi State could be a trap game for us because we play Bama the next week. Um, but then after that, we got at Missouri, South Carolina, bye week, Auburn, at Ole Miss. That's a really good stretch right there that's not going to be all that hard. We should It should be winnable. Hopefully we'll beat Prairie View A&M, and then, um, then we're at LSU. But when, <laughs> whenever we go from – our tough Sorry. games. Sorry. I wasn't expecting that part about. That. <laughs> uh, when, uh, hey, I mean that's the one one team that I, I'm not a hundred percent sure that we're going to win halftime on. Um, so, oh yeah, uh, our, that's, that's a fact. With our toughest games, in my opinion, being Arkansas, Bama, and at LSU. Um, Arkansas, I think, is a very winnable game for us. I, I can I expect for us to win. Bama. It's going to set up really well. It's right in the middle of the schedule for us. But then whether we win or lose against Bama, we've got six weeks before – or seven weeks before we play LSU. We've got a long time to figure out who we are. And Jimbo's really good at winning November. So I, I think I think that's what sets us up nicely. So um, they, they remember November. That's right. That's good stuff. Well, all right, man. Uh, well, let's get out of here. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for your support. Thank you for your your patience on us getting this episode out. I um, really wanted to, but it would have just been terrible had we recorded it yesterday. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Sorry about the graphics. Um, I've been kind of slacking on graphics. I, I normally do the graphics for us, and I've been sick or out of town, and so I hadn't caught up. And then those of you who listen on YouTube, I am really sorry about that because um, right now I'm running a very – limited um computer setup i'm in the process of building a a super computer so i can run you know these after effects programs and stuff uh, my friend jordan howard uh, which is a and grad he's gonna be building me one here in about a week so that i shouldn't have any more excuses after that uh, <laughs> as of right now i can only run like one program at a time so it's been a little bit tough but I, I promise I'll get us back on there. I'm sorry for the delay. Um, we just we only have 10 people that are subscribed to us on YouTube, so I kind of let that be a back burner, and that's on me, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Bye.